You are. You, O oh God, are and always have been. In the beginning, you were and you spoke and we are. You speak and you speak and you speak and we are and we are and we are again. And yours is the last word that we will hear and the last word in all creation. We pray that your holy word might come and dwell us, dwell with us today, full of grace and truth. Open our ears and our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe in God, he said. I just don't believe that Jesus was God. I believe in God, I just don't believe that Jesus was God. It wasn't the first time that I'd heard these words, nor would it be the last time. It's a phrase I hear often, and though the words may be different, the sentiment is about the same. For many of us, the idea of a creator of the universe, a source of all life, a ground of all being, is something we can get on board with. That seems to make some kind of sense. But the idea of Jesus as God, that just seems like a bridge too far. It could be the idea that of Jesus as God seems exclusive, i.e., why would God only come to a single people in a single person? It seems to exclude the majority of the human race in the present in the past, whether religious, agnostic, or no religious sentiment at all, if you don't have this piece of the puzzle right, then it just doesn't seem fair. It could be that God seems too specific, that God would come at a single place in the form of a single person. If God is the God of everything everywhere, the universe billions of years old with no discernible limit, a Jewish rabbi from Galilee seems restrictive. Seems like maybe some kind of a joke of some kind on God's part. Quaint, unable to contain that awesome mystery. Now I say all of the above because these are things that I too have believed at one time or another. In fact, I was the person I cited at the beginning of the sermon who said, I believe in God, just not that Jesus was God. That was me at 20 years old. And these, I say these because they're all reasonable, well-thought objections. Because, of course, I am a reasonable, well-thinking person. And, you know, if, if I thought that, of course, it's reasonable for anybody to think about that, right? As time's gone on, though, I've been able to come to terms with these intellectual problems. And it all has to do with understanding today. It has to do with what the coming together of the human and the divine means. It has to do with what Christmas means. And our passage from Hebrew, Hebrews says it best. Long ago, it says... Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways 
by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, whom, through whom he also created the worlds. And this is the important part. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. So according to the author of Hebrews, God has spoken in many different ways in the past, through prophets and through other means. God is the God of the universe, after all. God can. God does speak to us in many different ways. And in Jesus, the author says, God has spoken yet again. God has spoken yet again. The only difference, he says, is that in Jesus, God has spoken more decisively. In Jesus' life, his earthly ministry, his death and rising again, we have had the heart of the universe who created all worlds. We have had the character, the essence of all things shown to us with clarity. In Jesus, we not only hear God speak, we see the reflection of God's glory, an imprint, I love that, of God's very being. In this brief flash of life, the veil of the universe has been pulled back and we've caught a glimpse of the truth, goodness, and beauty of eternity at the heart of all things. In the end, the question at the heart of the Christian tradition has been less, is there a God? We sort of assume so. Or, is Jesus God? Rather, the question is, what is the mystery that created us like? What is the mystery that has created us, continues to create us, upholds us, and reaches out to us? What or who is that like? As our other reading from John 1 says, no one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. And as one of my favorite preachers, Brian Zond, likes to say, God is like Jesus. God's always been like Jesus. The Word was in the beginning. There has never been a time when God was not like Jesus, he says. We haven't always known what God is like, but now we do. God is like Jesus. The point isn't that Jesus is God as if that's enough. The answer is that God is like Jesus in him we have come to peer into the heart of reality. That's what Christmas is all about. 
That's what Christmas is all about and not the bad news we may think it is. Because if Jesus shows us the heart of all things, it means that Christians are not the only ones who can expect mercy. Jesus not only showed love for his friends, but he pronounced blessing on his enemies, let alone our friends and neighbors who wish us no harm. Even those who called for and perpetrated his murder on the cross, he returned their violence and hatred with nothing short of love and unconditional forgiveness. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. God sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike, the good and the bad, and that means that there's mercy for us all. All stop. No stop. There's no stop in God's grace. And if Jesus shows us the heart of all things, it also means that love is not an abstract principle, a concept, or an idea. Yes, God is bigger than any single place and time beyond any box, but God's love comes to us concretely in real ways in human life. Jesus' ministry was spent reaching out, healing, touching, praying, feeding. God comes to us in the flesh in acts of self-giving love and compassion. God is beyond our total knowing, but God is not absent. God is not elsewhere, somewhere, anonymous and unknown, but as close as our own breath. We are not alone, and nothing can even rip us not even death, from the grasp of love. If Jesus shows us who God is, it means we're forgiven. It means we're free. And it means whatever sin, wherever sin abounds, grace abounds even more so. That there is justice for the oppressed and hope even for the hopeless. Into death and beyond. If Jesus is what God is like, it means that love beats strong at the heart of all things. And this love is greater than anything in its way. That was U2's last single, if you don't know that. Love is greater than anything in its way. It's not quite about the same thing, but it's in the right direction. None of these things, of course, provide us with an airtight scientific, if with airtight scientific evidence, a knockdown, drag out argument for Christianity. It just doesn't do that. Instead, it represents the wisdom of the ages. And this wisdom comes to us as a defenseless newborn baby, one who draws us in with his beauty. And with his beauty draws out of us unconditional love. And if it's true, it says that life is beautiful. Even if it's all of its heartbreak, darkness, and violence, life is ultimately beautiful. Because if Jesus is what God is like, it means that all life finds its source in a self-giving love that will never run away, never run out, and will never run dry. If Jesus, if God is like Jesus. So, if somebody were to ask me again today, is Jesus God? 
I'm not really sure I'd even know what that meant. But if God is like Jesus, I do know that it's good news for us all, for everybody. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And thank God for that. Amen.